Welcome back to the Right Boundless Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Right Clean. Right Clean is an ultra premium polish, sealer, wash, and wax. It's simple to use. Just simply shake, spray, and wipe. I use it on everything I have from glasses, helmets, everything on my motorcycle, cars, windshield. It's a UV protectant. Um, it smells amazing. It really smells really good. So if you're at home during the winter and you just want to clean your bike and work on your bike, do it. If you're looking for an excuse to get away from your wife, tell her you're going to go to the garage and clean the bike or the car. Check them out at rideclean.co. Use promo code RBPODCAST for 15% off, plus they're running free shipping right now. That's rideclean.co, uh, promo code RBPODCAST um, for 15% off and free shipping. Before we get started, I just want to shoot out a thank you to all the followers and listeners. Make sure to check out the Instagram at RideBoundless um, and on YouTube at RideBoundless. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Hope you enjoy it. Got an exciting new guest, uh, a comedian, actor, motorcycle enthusiast, gearhead, the one and only Alonzo Bowden. Alonzo, how we doing, man? What's up, man? How you doing, Robert? I'm doing wonderful, man. Life's good. Uh, this COVID-19 hasn't ended, but at least I'm riding my bike everywhere. Listen, at least we ride better than we handle tech, all right? You can tell your people <laughs> this is our third try at this podcast. <laughs> it, it, it took us, yeah, it took us uh, almost 15 minutes to get this uh, situated. <laughs> what, what kind of bikes are you riding well, right now? Uh, let's see. Well, the first bike out of the garage is a GS. I um, Actually... This year has been a stupid year in bike buying and trading, unplanned. So I um, I had a 2015 GS Adventure, and my dealer had, and, and he is a dealer. He's like a dope dealer. I've known him forever. <laughs> <laughs> he had a leftover 2019 that was really cool, had all the HP uh, high-end gear on it, and he, he nice. gave me an offer I couldn't refuse, so I upgraded. Which I'm glad I did, actually, because the new motor going from the 1200 to, to the 1250 did make a difference. And um, I kind of like the new tech screen, also the new TFT screen. It's amazing. It's so great. anyway, so that I've got the GS. Um, I have the new Rocket 3, the Triumph Factory Custom on that, which that the story behind that. So I had the original Rocket 3, which I still have. I'm going to be selling. But anyway. I've had that for 15 years from when it came out. Always loved it. Biggest bike there is. Torque Monster. It's a monster. It's a beast. Uh, last year, I rode the new uh, Diablo, which was just a great bike. I've had a couple of Diablos. I love Power Cruisers. They always like, who likes Power Cruisers? I do. To me, Power Cruisers are sport bikes for old old guys' needs. <laughs> and, and, for, so, and for experienced riders, because you know what you want, and, and it just feels better all around. Yeah, they're they're like big naked bikes to me. But, yeah. any, but anyway, so I, I get the new Diablo, and literally a week after I buy it, Triumph announces the new Rocket 3, fully redesigned, bumped up to 2.5 liter, blah, blah, blah. So I get that. So, I, I mean, I put in my order for that. So that came in in February. So I've got those two. I have my old Rocket 3, and then I had a... Um, I had a BMW S1000XR, the adventure bike with yeah. the four-cylinder engine. I think it's a, a monster. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Cafe Racer magazine. I am. Um, I don't know if you ever met Mike Seat, the the editor of the mag, the guy who created the magazine. I, I, no, I don't know anyway, anybody from there. Mike's a friend of mine. So Mike, every year Mike comes to LA to test bikes, and he always invites me to do test rides with him. So we're test riding, and we got the Kawasaki H2. The, the supercharged bike, not the H2R, not the crazy right. bike. Right, no, the, the one underneath it. The, yeah, it's, it's called the ZH2. It's their, their version of the naked bike, even though it's not fully naked. But anyway, we ride this thing, and I'm going to tell you, Robert, I gave up sport bikes years ago. Just not my thing anymore. The S1000 was plenty fast for me until I rode that Cowie. I was literally laughing as it scared the hell out of me. So I uh, I traded my S1, well, 
I sold the F one thousand and I got the Cowie. So now, so those are my wow. bikes now. The that's H2, a big jump. H two the GS the uh, and two, two different Rocket threes, although one Rocket three is for sale. And of course, I keep my Grom because you know the Grom. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so that's a total of what four bikes right now that you always keep four in and that? a half. Four and a half. I count. Four point four four point five five, and it's funny that you say GS because that that's kind of uh, the, the the thing that happens on this podcast on the Right Balance podcast. I have a twenty twenty GSA, which I love the twelve fifty. It's the same as the nineteen. It's it's amazing, and and I actually heard that next year is the thirtieth or thirty fifth anniversary of the GS, so they're going to make a whole new remodel change, which is pissing me off. But anyways, I picked up the HP, and then my other bike's a Street Glide, a Harley Davidson. And okay. and this podcast always seems to go like a full episode on GS, so people think I'm just you know looking for people that only ride GSs, or it's just straight Harley. So it's pretty funny that you started off with, you know, I got a GSA. You know, what? <laughs> well, once you get, I think once you ride a GS, it becomes your bike. There's there's nothing that does everything as well as a GS. I've I've had a couple of multi stratas. And the multi is a fun bike, and the engine's really torquey, but it's not the GS. The GS, I think, is more refined. Um, the GS is bigger, like more of a presence. Uh, I describe it, and you know this because you have one, it's an elephant that can dance ballet. It's an, it's an elephant that can dance ballet. Absolutely. You're right. <laughs> You're right. And you and it and it's and it's rugged as fuck, just like the and I love I mean you can go anywhere and do anything and it does it, it's very nimble. Yeah, and actually it it is, and again, you know this also, it's a perfect LA street bike. Yeah. Because it's big enough to have a presence and like, you know, I even you know, the 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 uh crash bars on it, I'm like if I'm splitting lanes, I'm like, look, I'll hit you. I don't care. I'm in the GS. Right. You know, you just feel that kind of crazy indestructibleness. And it feels like a tank. Yeah, if you Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you are an off roader, even though I've only done like the occasional dirt road thing, I haven't done friends of mine and I keep talking about doing rawhide, doing the class, yeah, really yeah. getting into the off road side. I don't know if you've ever done that. I'm, I'm reaching out to them. I want to do a collaboration or work with them and, and do that. Yeah. Get that training. They invited me, and I was supposed to go last year, but work got in the way, which is something now I don't have to worry about. Yeah, and, I th <laughs> and I'm sure they're operating fully, right? They are. They were they were in Colorado all summer. It was too hot. And now I don't know what's going on with all the fires. I don't know if they're uh, – I heard that the national parks were closing or something. I I have to reach out to them because with all the fires and everything, I don't know if they're riding now here in California yeah, or not. What's going on? Yeah. Have you been a Gorman up on the five? Uh, I've been through there. I, you know what, you know, when I went to Gorman, I did it with, uh, Leno. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, when you did the, the, the site, uh, the site, uh, right. For Leno's garage. Yeah. We took I saw the Ural. We took the Urals to Gorman, which was just crazy. When you told Those him he's crazy out of his mind. Yeah, the the Ural, as as somebody described to me, is the most fun you can have at forty five miles an hour. Like like they're not fast, but they're just indestructible and fun. And when you put it in two wheel drive, it's really funny because there's no differential. So both wheels are turning at, at the same, same time. speed. Consequently, you can't turn. And in you dirt, turn the bar. And the bike just keeps going forward because both wheels are turning together. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds like torture. That sounds like torture. Oh, it's comical, man. It's it's comical fun. Yeah, that was that was a fun episode. That was his idea, right? Yeah, yeah. It's always his idea. Uh, Jay calls me whenever he has a crazy motorcycle to ride. He gives me a call, which is fun because we do at least one episode a season, and it's always something fun. Yeah, I mean that, that that'd be the dream, you know, just go out there, be blindfolded, which he has blindfolded you also, right? I did. I did the blindfold test. Got three, two out of three. Two out of three. Blindfold test. Actually, you were so even right well. on the first one too, but you. I know. You second I, guessed it. He laughed at me. He said, "Well, you got it right, but then you kept talking, so I figured I'd let you go." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, no, that that was that was cruel for on his behalf. But yeah, two out of three was pretty good. I I don't think many people yeah. can do that. Do you know uh, Bodie Stroud? Uh, he's, no, a, I he's, don't. A, he's a car builder in Sun Valley. 
Okay. Yeah, he he built a pretty cool car. I, you know, since you're such a, a you know a gearhead, he built a he, Tom Fry, the owner of Crown Disposal, got like a Boss four nine four motor that they built for Mario Andretti back in '69, uh, and the thing was so powerful they couldn't he, Mario Andretti couldn't get a lap around the track. The back end would just swing out. So they made Ford made like eight or nine of these. And Tom Ford bought, you know, three of them. And then just in 2011, they built this Mustang, Boss 494, which Jay Leno did a story on. When they got that motor up and running, it had like 777 horsepower, which is, <laughs> yeah, which is insane. So that justifies. And obviously, because the Mustang was a unibody, there was no way yeah. they can get around. So if, if you can get any motorcycle right now, do you have that motorcycle or is there something else you want to continue adding to the collection as of right now? Well, uh, there's always something else I'd want to buy, you know? Um, so I would say the bike, the dream bike that I, I would get would be a Desmo. Um, I'm not familiar with that one. The Ducati Desmo Sedici. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. From a few years, the MotoGP. Only because, like, I couldn't ride that bike but it was just so iconic and beautiful. I mean, I could ride it, but but not, uh, what do I say? I couldn't ride it in anger. You know what I mean? It's right. just such, but it was such a crazy thing to do to make basically a MotoGP bike and put it on the street. You know, I would, I've always said that I wish I had bought one of those back when they came out, you know, and they, they pop up for sale now and then, but they're, they're appreciating. And, I haven't ridden one, but I'd li- I'd like to ride the Arch. I'd like to ride that bike that Keanu Reeves is building. I don't know if you've ridden one of those. I, I not yet, uh, but I see them everywhere in Malibu. I had a friend who was working for him, and he invited me a couple of times. But you know, I'd always be away, gone working out of town. But um, I don't know if I'd buy one, but I'd like to ride one and find out. I mean, I see them everywhere, and I've seen Keanu ride it on the track. You know. And it just seems like kind of a really cool combination of the big V twin with all the sport bike chassis and suspension parts. I'm sure it's, and they build them, basically they build it to your spec as far, you know, I mean, I'm six, three, I'm a big guy. Motorcycles are generally small. I'm always, you know, modifying seats, moving pegs, this and that. And that bike they build to you. So that, that would be kind of cool. I wonder who's the tallest person right now that owns one. Doesn't, yeah, I, I don't know. Doesn't Jason right. Momoa have one? Probably. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> it know? would only make sense. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's in that yeah. he's in that six three six four uh, range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, uh, he's a big guy. He he uh, he may have one. I I don't know. I mean, I heard. Uh, I mean, I mean, anybody can ride it, I guess. But have you seen the Super Seventy Three uh, electric scooters? Yeah, yeah. I heard Jason Momoa jumps on those like no problem, you know, which is crazy. I can't even imagine it. But <laughs> well, those things are fun. I mean, it's like when I ride my Grom, right? I mean, when I got my Grom, so so Honda invited me when it first came out. I think it was fifteen at the launch. They did a thing called the Grom Prix, and they invited everybody. They had racers, journalists guys like me who just, you know, what they call friends of the brand and whatever, to ride these Groms, they set up a track at Honda down in Torrance. And it was, you. it wasn't a race. It was like you had the three, it was teams of three and you had to set a lap time and then try to get the closest to that lap time between the three of you, you know? Yeah. So, because you obviously can't compare the speed of pro racers to a knucklehead like me, you know, also I'm three <laughs> times the size of Melissa Paris. So she has a little bit of advantage, right? Uh, <laughs> Weight, size, all of the above. But it was so much fun. We were all just cracking up, laughing, riding this little bike. And then everybody's like, Oh, I want to get one. I want to get one. And the Honda people were like, yeah, we'd like to get one too, but uh, they're all sold out, you know, blah, blah. So I found one used, I got one. And when you get a Grom, that's just your starting point, right? So now I had to put an Olean shock on it to hold my weight up. I, I did a fork kit. So the first thing you do is get the suspension to hold. So yeah. it's designed for, you know, 120-pound kit, basically. Right. Then then I had the seat reupholstered, and I, I, like, doubled the foam in the seat. So now I got enough leg room to ride it. 
then it was really cool. Uh, Brock Industries in back east. You know, I know Brock. He's like, oh, you got a Grom? Here, I'm going to send you one of my pipes. I'm testing different pipes. So I got a, a pipe for it. Then he sent me um, an air intake, a, you know, air filter kit. And then, and this was really cool. The guys at Rizoma called and they said, hey, we heard you got a Grom. This is Rizoma over in L.A. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to their showroom, whatever. And they were like, we want to make stuff. Can we borrow yours? And I'm like, hell yeah, you can borrow Absolutely, mine. So yeah. now it has ridiculously beautiful Rizoma bars, mirrors, and turn signals. And the last thing that happened, and I got really lucky, this, this uh, shop that I deal with, they they called and they said, listen, BSP wanted to make carbon fiber wheels for the ground. And I didn't have one yet. They said, no, we got a guy. We borrowed his. We got his wheels. We sent them to South Africa to BSP as models. BSP made the wheels, sent them back. The guy disappeared. They couldn't find him. And they said, they said, if you want them, just pay the shipping. And I was like, hell yeah. So now I, I have a Grom with with carbon fiber wheels and Rizomo kit. Wow. <laughs> That's fucking. Oh, it's awesome. You ever take any of your bikes to the shows and like for, for compete or it's just all for you? Not, not, not to compete in shows, but I've had a friend like Pro Italia, who I deal with a lot. They've shown off a couple of bikes. When I had my custom Ducati Street Fighter, they would put it on display. They put my rocket on display because I did some custom work on my rocket, stuff like that. But I've never done, I've never done the full on show bike thing. You know, the, I had a Ducati 1098 Street Fighter that was probably the, the most show bike. It was built by a guy named Nick Anglada down in Florida, who's a friend of mine. I had high sided the bike on a track. And Nick built it and um, just came out absolutely beautiful. And Cafe Racer featured it. Cycle World featured it. And I kept that for a few years. But, you know, I like riding. And if something's sitting in the garage and I'm not riding it, I tend to get rid of it. I, I don't have room or it's not my thing to just collect just for the sake of collecting, you know. Yeah. That's why I always call, I always call my garage the Jay Leno starter set. A Jay Leno. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people, it's hilarious because, you, you know, I, I, I ride both my bikes. I want to get another one. And I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm in that point where I want to ride everything. But yeah, I wouldn't want anything just sitting there just for shits and giggles or just to show off. What got you into bikes? Well, I mean, how old are you? You're from the East Coast originally, right? Yeah, I grew up. I'm looking for a picture of this bike to. If I could figure out the Zoom tech, I'll send, well, I'll just send you a picture of it later. Or text it to Please. me. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll send you the pic. Um, I grew up in New York. So my mother is from South Carolina. And every summer we would go down to my grandmother. You know, she had a farm in South Carolina. We'd spend the summers down there. So I was about probably about seven years old. And his family rented land from my grandmother. And the son had a bike. And and now, in retrospect, it was either a Triumph or a Norton. It was a British bike. That's all I know. And he would throw us on the back of that bike and ride. There was like a dirt road, you know, that went a couple of miles back and forth to the highway. Man, I fell in love with that. Like, Like, he took me on that. That Everything changed. I just fell in love with motorcycles, with being on a motorcycle, with everything about motorcycles. And I swear, Robert, it hasn't changed to this day. There are still times when I get on a bike, man, it's my escape vehicle. I tell everyone that's my escape vehicle. I just love it. And, uh, yeah, it's something that, um, it's in me, man. I'm one of, you know, and this is why, like, the reason I love being around bikes, people always say, like, I just told you I have four bikes and I've wasted i don't know how much money on motorcycles over the year blah 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 and And when you're around motorcycle people they fully understand you never have to explain why (laughs) you know that's why i love motorcycle people motorcycle people get it so if you have you know just like just like i said i told you i have four bikes and then your first question yeah but which bike do you really (laughs) (laughs) that's nice but what do you really want next yeah right and that and that's the thing man it's there's so many things about it that i love but but mostly 
it's that feeling of escape, you know, being alone in my helmet is the, it's a freedom. It's, it's a soul freedom. It's definitely that I, I love, I love everything about writing. I I don't even know how to explain it. I, I get, I get so frustrated and fed up when I'm driving a car and when I'm on a motorcycle, I, it's just so much freedom, especially in LA when the traffic stops or when the cops, you know, s- slow down the freeways. At least I can get to the front. You know, I can see who are the stupid drivers. It's interesting. Also, when you ride a bike, you you, you see, you see everything going on. You could see people's rear mm-hmm. mirrors. You see people are not their mirrors are all offset. They're not paying attention. They're on their phone. They're fucking around. Like you just see how bad people drive. And and this has given me yeah. a, this has given me a clarity of um you know. Many years ago, people said, hey, self-driving cars. I said, well, that's crazy, and I love driving too much and, and riding too much. But now, you know, with all the stuff you see with the motorcycle, we shouldn't be driving. I mean, not us, but many people no. should not be driving a car. Well, they're not. Well, they're and not they're driving. not. Yes, thank you. They're in it. They're in it, and they're not driving. And, yeah, we see that all the time. And and you said phone. I see people on their iPads. iPad, yeah. While they're driving. You know, and um, makeup. You know, when you're on a bike, you're part of the you're part of the scenery. You're not looking at it. You're you're part of it. So you you're definitely it heightens your awareness. Um, we're so lucky we can split lanes in California. I don't know how much you've done riding in other states. I've done it, and they're dickheads. I forget when I'm in other places. I forget that I'm not allowed to split lanes because it's so ingrained in me and people in cars will let you know you're not supposed to do it yeah they'll 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 treat you like you're uh, a hardened criminal you know um but when people ask me what it's because people like you ride in la la traffic you're crazy i like it's like playing the world's biggest game of frogger yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's simple as that i'm playing frogger all day You, 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 you know and and yeah it is fun it's also a great way to get from point A to point B. Absolutely. You know? um, I'm the same way. When I'm in a car, I will get frustrated sitting in traffic because I'm thinking I could have already been there. Yeah. You know, I could, I could, if I was on my bike, I'd have been there by now. You know, my I'd be, girl on, knows I, that. I'd be on my way back. Yeah. She knows when I'm in a car too much. She's like, you need to ride. You you, you rather be right. I was like, hell yeah. I don't do this, but uh, yeah, and it's it, a necessary evil. Yeah, and, it, but and when it's, it comes, you know, the thing about the self-driving cars and the technology, the thing I worry about is, will they see us? Right. You know, um, I'm not a big fan of self-driving technology for the same reason you talked about. People already aren't paying attention. Now you hear about these Tesla crashes where people were doing something completely different. Like Tesla says, you know, hey, keep your hands on the wheel or, you know what I mean? Like, and people just figure nah, it can drive itself. I'm going to, I'm going to sit in the back seat and take a nap or whatever the hell they're doing. So I I know it's coming. I don't know that I like it. Yeah. I I mean, like, like I said, I mean, in in my opinion, I I just see so many shitty, shitty, (laughs) shitty drivers that I think I would trust bad tech or, or limited error tech versus just, people overall because it just seems like people are getting lazier and lazier and if you look at the new generation of people like you know kids now that are 17 18 19 20 i hear these guys don't even want to you know try to get their driver's license they just want to go on ubers they want to do the minimum um i heard a state now doesn't even require to do a dmv test like i I just don't think people i just i'm getting to that point where i don't trust people and the more of this craziness like this covid19 thing i'm seeing well that's the truth, the problem is always people, usually. Well, and that and that's the problem. And it, by the way, it was Georgia, because I was on oh, a podcast, we talked about that. Georgia, where yeah, I was catching up on pandemic, that. At the beginning of the pandemic, Georgia said, well, because of the pandemic, we're not going to require a road test. And it was like, are you insane? But, but here's my problem with the self-driving, and it relates to what you say, right? There's no algorithm to match human stupidity. So the, the, the engineers who design and build these systems are brilliant. And they design the car for every scenario they could think of. You know what I mean? But right. human stupidity will conquer that. A, a person will do something that the, the, the sensors, the computers, 
the algorithms cannot figure out, and then you'll have an accident. <laughs> you know, yeah. You, can't. you you see people. You know, my favorite is pedestrians at night, and it's like you you realize you're invisible. You know, right. like right now, like you're wearing a black shirt and a and a hat. I don't know if you're wearing jeans or whatever you're wearing, but right, black, but if you black walk, shorts. If you walked across the street at ten o'clock at night on an unlit street, I can't see you. Right. You just, you know, right. yet they do it all the time. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? You're jaywalking and you're invisible. <laughs> you <know>? Right. <laughs> so. Right. But the, the, I, I do. And I mean, I don't want to get too stuck on on this one topic, especially with with so much things. Um, but the but the infrared, wouldn't the infrared just take care of that? Again, te- Tech, in theory, yeah. yes. In theory, yes. But in practice, you you've seen the stuff people are doing on the road, man. Oh no, that that that's that's why I'm pushing more towards it because I I just see people. I mean, you're talking about nighttime, and then uh, you know a goofball wearing all black crossing the street, and and now we, we got to wonder about the person inside. Is it a person texting? Is it a person you know drinking? Is it a person you know that had a hard day at work and they're fucking exhausted? You know, like that's another thing. When I'm exhausted, what I like about motorcycles so much. No matter how tired I am, as soon as I turn on the motor, I, I'm fucking alert. I'm I'm just right. eyes open, my senses get up, and it, and it's until I get off the bike and turn off the engine, you know that that shuts down again. But it's it's amazing how you get that when you jump on a motorcycle. Yeah, you're probably not going to fall asleep riding on your bike. Right. You know? Yeah. No. Nobody. Although I did, I did have a girlfriend fall asleep on the back of a Goldwing. I've had that too. I've had that. You, you feel the helmet just hit back of your helmet, and then you got to hit her with your helmet. Like, what, yeah, the, what are you yeah. doing? You know, wow! You're, this was I. This happened to me in Monterey, and we're going through, you know, uh, Carmel to, on turns, mm-hmm. and and I just feel these arms just wrapped around me, not even grabbing, and this helmet just <laughs> bouncing back and forth, and I'm like, how fucking crazy is this? It's super fucking crazy. How's how's yeah. how's the um, how's the whole comedy thing going right now? You're you're you're, you're traveling, right? I did some, I, and you know, it, it's very weird right now because parts of the country are open, parts of the country are closed. There are different regulations everywhere. So work, it, it, it's so many different ways, right? Like um, last month I went to Tampa and, you know, Florida hasn't closed anything. Nothing. The club in, in Florida, um, they cut it to half capacity. The tables were six feet apart. The the customers wore their masks until they sat at their table. And you could only sit with people you came in with. That was their safety, you know, on that end. Uh, the comics, each one of us had a different microphone for, for safety's sake. And the shows were good. Now, I didn't do any meet and greet photos, merchandise. I know some comics who have, and I know a couple of comics got sick doing it. I wouldn't take that chance, but I didn't mind performing in front of people. Um, what about the traveling experience, the planes? and You know, the flying wasn't bad at all. Um, the airports, a lot of stuff is closed in the airports. A lot of the, the retail, the food, this and that. They tell you eat before you get there because chances are nothing's going to be open. You know, um, there's that. But getting on the plane, so when I flew, the first flight I did was American. Everyone had to wear a mask. People were conscious of it. And it's not super crowded. That's another thing. But people were, I would say, conscious and respectful as far as keeping distance. And the only time you really ran into people sort of crowding was boarding the plane. Because that's just human nature. When they say boarding, everyone just kind of gravitates toward the gate. Um... Then I flew to St. Louis on Delta, and Delta, they ain't playing. Delta is like no no vented mask. It has to be a full mask. Can't have those little breathing vents on it or anything. Yeah. Um, they board the plane from the back, so no one's walking past each other. No one has a person sitting next to them. There's always an empty seat next to you. And they give you your own wipes when you get on the plane. They're like, here you go, wipe it down for you. Wow. you know, we clean it, but you can do it. 
so Delta's not taking any chances, which I again I respect, you know. Absolutely. And most people are pretty respectful. You get um sometimes people forget, which is kind of funny. People will get excited and they'd be, Oh man, it's you I'm gonna take it and it's like, hey, hey, so let me like, Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And I'll do selfies with them, but I'll do it at like a social distance. Like I'll stand behind them <laughs> yeah. and say, hey, let's do the picture. Six feet um, apart. And I've been, I've been fortunate that I haven't run into any of the, the I call them the COVIDians. The, the ones who think the mask is somehow against my constitutional rights and I'm going to blah, blah, you know, and I'm an American. It's like, yeah. not being freedom. an asshole. Yeah, you know, I, I, it, it's not freedom. It's just don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't. Be, you know. Yeah, for respect and, and, of your 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 parents, your family, your aunts, your cousins, you know, and for others. I I was fortunate, didn't run into any of those people, any of those situations. Even in Florida, where obviously there's a big, you know, that big move. I mean, the fact that we politicize the mask is really stupid, but that's what's happened. Yeah, and. I have friends in other countries, uh, a lot of a lot of people I know in Canada. I have a friend in China who's dealt with this from the beginning, and they're all they're all looking at us like, "The hell is wrong with you guys? Like, like why are you? You, you know what I mean? Like, like what's it? wrong with you? Yeah, what's wrong? With you? Put on a mask, stay apart, try you know, and and you'll be okay. And and this leads right into the motorcycle thing because I don't know about you, but this has been true for me from the start, even back in April when the quarantine really shut us down, I was like, a motorcycle is the ultimate social distancing vehicle. Absolutely. Helmet, gloves, I got on leathers. I got on gloves, I got on a jacket, and I'm by myself. I'm I'm, I'm good. Even if you're and, riding and with somebody, even if you're riding with somebody, you can't be six feet close to them, even right, if you wanted right. to. Only, you know, there were some people who were doing group rides, which I was like, not a good idea because when you stop, you're naturally going to gravitate toward each other. <laughs> but yeah, but but overall, you know, I I was riding the whole time for sanity, and it was fun being on the road with the roads completely so empty. empty. Well, you know? I I love it and I still love it, but there there was and we're still seeing it now. There there has been a moment where people are taking advantage that the roads are empty and they're fucking flying. They're flying, <laughs> and, and 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 you see Camrys flying. It's not made to do that. It's yeah, because I I, I think I think made. that car was going. I think they reported it was like fifty five miles per hour on a thirty five, and it yeah. flipped into the Marshall's parking lot, broke the wall, hit a car, and the people inside of it died. And it's like that's that's crazy. I mean, it's back to people just speeding. But yeah, guys, you shouldn't be doing that in an SUV. You know, unless if you get like a like one of your one of you said, you know, the X fives, X six, Q eights, uh, the Mercedes uh, did a new crossover, uh, the, right? The right. Lamborghini get, one, uh, the Lamborghini's fucking beast. Oh, yeah, I got a friend with the Lambo. If you get the, if you have a Lambo SUV, you can drive fast. You can do whatever you want. Okay. You should be able to do whatever you want. <laughs> That's it. You can afford that. You got the insurance. You can do whatever you want. Um. Let's see. Uh, and then, so traveling uh, online, now you're doing a bunch of online stuff, right? Do a, do a lot of Zoom, a lot of virtual uh, performances. And, you know, I'm sorry? Performances, a lot of Zoom performances yeah. or online? Mm -hmm. How How's that? Yeah. Break that down. And what are your thoughts? Well, it, it's changed and it's gotten better. So when, when the pandemic and the shutdown first started, we did some Zoom. Like at the Laugh Factory, we did um, virtual shows where we performed on stage with no audience and they, they broadcast it through YouTube and it was very weird. And the zoom shows were weird because we didn't, you don't hear anybody laughing. It's, it's like, you don't get a response, which you're used to for timing and for, for everything else. But then what happened was people and one in particular, I've done a couple, it's called the nowhere comedy club where these guys set it up through zoom and everyone's mic is on, so you can hear people laughing, and they're monitoring it. So if your dog is barking in the background, if your baby's crying, or if you're trying to heckle or interrupt the show or something, they can mute individuals. That's crazy. Right. But you can still hear enough people laughing that you, you get a better feel of doing a show. And, and even there have been some corporate meetings where they have comics come in, and we try to, you know, joke around and break it up. And that that's cool. 
Um, how, how, do, how, how do you see it? So you're, you're, you're on stage and you're looking at a bunch of screens or, or yeah. Yeah. You're looking at the grid, you're doing a zoom. So you're looking at the grid, That's you know, it's just like wild. any other, like right now, right. I can set it up that you and me are looking at both of us, but we could switch it that when I'm talking, I'm on the screen. When you're talking, you're on the screen, just regular zoom setup. Yeah. Um, I like seeing the grid of people. And I will stand up and, and, you know, I set up this little Zoom, I call it my Zoom room in a spare bedroom. And, yeah. and I got the, that's where I'm at now. I got the camera, I got two monitors, I got the light. You got good lighting. And I'll just do my thing, you know, because, because we had to adapt. You, if you're going to work, this is the only way we can work. So the people ask what's the difference. And, and I, it's the difference between playing Grand Theft Auto or actually stealing a car and running from the cops. Yeah. Um, actually stealing a car has a bit more energy. But do, do, do you <laughs> think this will do? Do you think if you had a because because you've been doing you've been doing comedy for for thirty years, right? twenty seven years, twenty seven years. So, do you think if you had to start now in this situation, it'd be better or or is this like going back? Is this a step backwards or forward? It would be. It would be. So it. There's not even a better or worse. It would be so different. It would be worse. It'd be because you you know part of anything, any creative endeavor, whether it be comedy or music or something. When you have a live audience, there's a certain energy. Now, if you're making a TV show or making a movie, that's different, right? Because it's all scripted and you're you're interacting with the other person that you're acting with, but. When you're doing a live performance, there's an energy that comes from a crowd. There are things that happen in the moment that you have to react to. It makes every show different. And it also, as you're learning it, you become better because you have to deal with different things. You, you never know there's going to be a heckler this night. The microphone ain't going to work somewhere. You're going to, you know, whatever. And you become better doing it live. Uh, so right. if you started today and you only did this, the closest thing I could compare it to is being a DJ on the radio where you're talking and you, you know, you're assuming people are listening in their car. You're assuming they're laughing if you tell a joke, but you never really know. Right. You know, and even doing radio, like when we do morning radio for show publicity, which I do a lot, even then you're normally going to have or three people in the studio so if you say something funny someone's gonna laugh right, right. But, but if you're just sitting there by yourself talking into this camera you have no feedback yeah you so don't you it, don't even know how people reacted to it or responded to the joke or right or you don't know right. where to so pause it, it, it's like in the beginning when you try to memorize your act and you're home just doing it over and over just to memorize it you know that's that's what it would be like no this isn't the circumstance to start although you know, people always figure it out, right? So like that woman, Sarah Cooper, the one who started doing the lip syncing of Trump's speeches. I don't know if you've seen I, I any seen of her videos. One. She's hilarious. She literally... Sarah Cooper? Yeah, she literally lip synced his exact speech. And, you know, some of them with the, with the stumbling and everything else, literally, word for... And it's hilarious to watch because... You know, some of the things he says are so ridiculous and you see it coming from this woman, you know, with his voice. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> it sounds creative. It being, sounds very creative. That's what it is. You know, the thing is, people always figure out how to make it work. Right. So so we're in this we situation where you can't perform live anywhere and everything's on screen and virtual. And God bless her. She figured out something to do that is just hilarious, you know, that and and it works so. So there's a creativity involved that people will always figure out how to make it work. And and the Zoom, the virtual comedy clubs, and people also like it because people are sitting at home and they want to see something funny and they want to laugh. And, and in, instead of watching a Netflix special, which was recorded in front of a crowd, you know, eight months ago, which is still great. I mean, right. don't get me wrong. It's great specials. I've done a few and so on. But instead of that you're, you're having someone do live comedy in front of you in the moment so so now you're getting jokes about the topics that are going on right now because anything recorded yeah you're right anything recorded prior to march 
they're not going to be talking about the biggest news story in the past hundred years. It's irrelevant, yeah. Pandemic, because we didn't know. So you, so, so now you'd be watching the economy. Like, how can they not mention anything? You know, and and uh, so, yeah, we we figured out just like you and me with this with this technology. You know, um, you know, nobody knew who Zoom was in February. You yeah. never heard of Zoom. Yeah, well, I, I've had now, some business conferences, but yeah, well, many I mean, people you, haven't heard Zoom. You're in this business, but I'm talking about the average person, like Did you're not in the podcasting business and so on. Right. Average person never heard of Zoom. What the hell? Zoom now what? we're all like, man, why couldn't I have bought Zoom stock in February? I know. <laughs> have you been following the stock market? Not really. Uh, peripherally, you know, I know it went down. It's come back. Um, and now everyone's talking about the housing market, yeah, which oddly is going up really oddly. fast and very, yeah. very, very oddly. I, I got a buddy of mine. Yeah. He was putting a a proposal or an offer, and there was a place by Cover. He was going to put like it, it was going for eight hundred thousand. And uh, you know, I said, "How much are you going to make the offer for?" You know, seven fifty, seven twenty. He's like, "No, eight ninety. I go eight ninety, but it's eight hundred. He goes, Robert, I've made like four or five offers. I, I get outbeaten all the time. They don't even look at those offers. They pass them up. I go, what's going on yeah. with the housing market? What's the reason behind that? Do you have any idea? Um, I have a friend in it, and he said it's because mortgages are really cheap right now. Yeah, but like I heard the qualifications are insane. Yeah, what? well, it's a matter of if you can qualify, you buy. Right. You know, if, if you can qualify, the, the interest rates are low. And what, what a lot of people are doing is they're trading up. Right. Uh, so, so if you have the five hundred thousand dollar house and you have, you know, I don't know, a couple of hundred grand in equity. Now you can sell that five hundred thousand house for six hundred thousand house and then use your equity to buy what you talk about. The eight hundred thousand people are trading up um, where they can. And and, you know, the other thing is, you know, there's always rich people. Right. Like, whenever whenever there's a and crisis, there's always China. <laughs> they're always yeah, they're always yeah. they're always coming by and stuff so no their, matter what their money listen their money their money spends you know or the um, arabs that come like in december or january have you seen that yeah the, 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 it's uh, not even it's not even just that i mean the last crash in in 0809 you know who bought up a lot of properties canadians really because because the canadian banking system didn't crash so Canadians were able to get mortgages and we had all the, you know, they call them snowbirds, right? They come right. to Florida and Arizona for the winter. Palm and Springs. I know because I had a condo in Arizona that I had been renting and suddenly I couldn't rent it out because it was cheaper for them to buy because they could get a mortgage in Canada and buy a place in Florida or Arizona or somewhere warm. And that's what they, so the people who had been renting from you every winter, suddenly like well i'm just buy one because right. it's it, because their banking says you know I, I used to do a joke like they had a thing with their mortgages you actually had to have a job to get a mortgage <laughs> what <laughs> yeah you exactly. gotta, you gotta have an income that sounds what kind of craziness <laughs> is that you know we were doing those stupid you know no right. interest no money down yeah, a zero live. zero zero deal in five years you right. can refinance your payment will be like a dollar today and then it goes to 10 grand but don't worry because you know everybody's yeah. doing well, nobody it. worried and we saw how that worked out yeah that, that that was that was extremely a shitty deal for a lot of people and the crazy part is is, is and I, actually i was just talking about this in my last podcast the crazy part is is that when people buy a house in those circumstances when you buy a house you get your house, but then you got to get that furniture for that house. And then if an ATV looks nice in that house, you got to buy the ATV and the trailer. And then you got to buy a motorcycle because Frank has a motorcycle, right? He's the new and the extra expenses. And when that shit went down, I mean, people on top of losing their houses and families and everything else, all this other stuff. I mean, I don't even know how anybody well, would recover from that. That was a big blow for Harley, right? Because so many people yeah. bought Harley with those cheap second mortgages. Yeah. They got the second mortgage and they went out and they bought, you know, bought a Harley and you have one and you know how it is. You know, yeah. that's buying the bike is just the starting point. Right. right. Then they, then they start with the accessories before you know it, they got a $30,000 bike and, but they're paying for it with a second mortgage. So it's only costing them $200 a month or something, but then right. the banking crashes 
Now, suddenly, how are you going to pay for that? And, and that hardly took a big hit. A lot of people, their customers suddenly couldn't buy their bikes, right? And then people were trying to sell them, and Harley's always had a really high resale, but then the market got flooded in the resale. It, 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 was, it was weird times. Um, you know, I, I, was at, I was a general manager at Harley-Davidson in Van Nuys during that time, and it, it, was, it was weird because we were selling a bunch of motorcycles prior to that. Then there was a dip, and because everything crashed, it was interesting. It was the first time I saw families come to the dealership, like husband with his wife and their kids. And, and the husband, I don't know what bullshit he told his wife, but he's like, I, I got to buy a bike because it's cheaper in gas and cheaper in insurance and service. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, bro. Like, come on, you know? And, and I, I, that, was the, that was a time where I sold the most motorcycles to fam- full-on families because usually it's the guy that comes by himself and, you know, maybe, or unless if he has his girlfriend, then his girlfriend thinks it's cool, mm-hmm. but nobody comes with their wife to buy a motorcycle. So yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, that, that was a shit show. That was a shit show. Do you think that was worse than this? No, this is way worse. Um, well, I think it was worse economically because the banking system was crashing. I mean, once the once the bailouts happened and they, you know, propped the banks back up. But I think it was worse in that sense. And a lot of people lost their homes. I think more people lost their homes then than is happening now. Now people... Well, we don't know about are, now, right? Because the... Yeah, the, we don't know the, yet. The, but the rent's extended like till... If people lose their home now, it's because they lost their job and they can't make the mortgage payment. But, but I think in that one, the system fell apart. And I think that's the difference. Like the finance system fell apart this time. But but this time it, you have... you have Now they extended till December 31st where you don't have to pay your rent if you can't afford your rent. So that means... People right now or people that haven't been able to pay it can continue pushing to December 31st. But what happens December 31st? They're going to have, well, you know, you, you know, they're hoping that that things open up, that people start working and then you just push it to the back end. Right. You push it to the back end of the mortgage. But well, mortgage, um, but I'm talking about renters. Well, the same thing with renters, because you have to bail out both, because if the renter can't pay their rent, then the landlord has to get a break on the mortgage. You can't expect the landlord to pay the mortgage if the renter's not paying the rent. Right. But, right. But th- I heard they're not favor. Well, yeah, that's comp. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and then you get into, you know, you get into the banking of it and who they're going to bail out and who they're not. You know, it's one thing if you have like a second home, you, you unfortunately might lose it if the renter can't pay the rent. Right. Right. But if you're a if you're a developer and you got five apartment buildings and this and that, they don't let you go bankrupt. You just they just loan you more money to keep you in business because they're making money phone. off of you. Right. You know, so and then and then we don't know what the government's going to do. We don't know if there's going to be another bailout. Hell, we don't even know what the government's going to be. We don't know yeah. right now. We really don't know which government it's going to be come November. And and they have radically different plans so no nobody knows what's going to happen in december no, nobody right and and, and, fi- and financially know, and, and financially nobody knows they're printing out so much money it's like it's almost concerning it's almost like are they printing out this much money and and then what what's gonna what, what's the yeah. money gonna be worth in three months I, you know it it seems that is something that short-term hurts us but long-term we recover from just like the the 0708 by by 2015 2016 like it was okay you know we lost a couple of the big investment houses and some people lost their homes but our economy was moving again it wasn't moving as fast wasn't growing as fast but it was moving and and again i think now we're so international right everything is so global like you said with china and, you know, it, it, we're so tied in with, with the Middle East, with oil. Yeah, with, we're a global uh, economy. Know, it's a global economy. So, so there are certain drivers to it. You know, we're a driver. China is a driver and so on. But they're all connected. So, so I don't think the world economy is going to crash. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to prop it up. And you, again, like I say, like I have friends in Canada, right? And what Canada did um, right at the beginning, 
every Canadian. Now, remember, Canada is much smaller than the U.S. You talk about a population of 30-something million versus 300 million. But what they did was everyone got $1,200 a month from the government. And the reason they did that is so people would continue to spend money and the economy would keep going. Because you took away that fear where people like, I can't spend a dime or I'm not going to, you know, this. people were like, oh, okay, so I can still buy food. I can still make my car payment. <laughs> right. I can do whatever. I mean, 1200 a month isn't a fortune. No, no, I know. But it, no, it's it something. It's a, a cushion. Are you kidding? It was, a, it was enough of a subsidy to keep you going. And, right. and it, it, it worked. Because the country was able to withstand the, you know, the stoppage of the economy that they went through for a month or two, like everybody else, you know. Um, and, you know, people here, we people complained about that $600 a week from the federal government. But it's like, you know, I don't think we're a long way from motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to get we'll, we'll jump back in after the after that. But, yeah, it's life. It's 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 the present moment. Listen, I don't think, well, I'm in entertainment. We're the last industry that's going to come back. People ain't worried about us, you know, and that's I, I the disagree. reality. Do you really and think it, that? Yeah, yeah. As far as, like, you look at places like Vegas, you know, Vegas is going through that. They well, Vegas is up and running. Actually, when you were talking right not now. Not the shows. Oh, not, not the, the shows. shows. Not the shows. No, they're gambling, and some of the restaurants and are some open. Some of the clubs the are open, too. Right. People are partying. But the shows aren't. Um, that's right. And you look here in LA, look, you know, go to sunset the club. The shows aren't happening. The, you know, the, the Roxy ain't open. The laugh factory ain't open. Yeah. Like, I see that. You're right. Comedy store concerts, entertainment. Yeah. Forget about concerts. I mean, when this thing started, the Hollywood bowl was like, yeah, we're done. Nothing this year. Forget it. Right. Cause how are you going to put 10,000 people in an arena? You know, but, but what I was going to say, as far as that money from the government, there's always people, well, people are just sitting at home, not working. I don't think most people don't want to sit at home and not work. Yeah. Most people, it's not by choice that they're like, well, I'm not going to go to work. I'm getting 600 a week. Most people would rather work. There's always going to be a few that want to game the system. There's always going to be some that are gaming the system, but there's some gaming the system on wall street for millions of dollars. Right. But, the, but the average people, you know, they, they want to work and, but their company is shut down. So they can't work. So they, they wanted, like you were saying, they want to keep their home. They want to keep their car. So this is a time when the government, to me, this is like, yeah, this is when the government needs to step in. The gov- right. This is the job of the government. Step in, take this hit, take, we'll take on some debt. It's, it's not, I'm not saying it's great, but it's necessary. Yeah, no, but it helps. It, it feeds people. And then over a period of time we go, because I, I just saw a thing today that said, one out of five businesses is going to go bankrupt because of this, you know, which is really bad if you're the one. Right. And, and, <laughs> and bad for you and bad for all your employees and bad for all the families affecting everything. That and, trickles and, down and, and not only that, but they had to do it just for the, just for the simple reason that the anarchy, if people don't have that $1,200 to buy their food or the $600 a week, whatever that case is, the anarchy, the madness, the, the stuff that, I mean, the streets are already bad. You've seen the changes in the streets in LA Every every exit tense 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 tense, but if there wasn't any kind of money supporting anybody, I think we'd be. I don't know. I think this country would be in trouble. I think the the most dangerous thing that no one's talking about. You know, they talk about the civil war and the race wars and the this and that. If the haves and the have-nots start fighting, we're going to be a problem. You can't push people. You know what I mean? The have-nots. Because we're not talking, again, we're not talking about people who don't want to work or people who are lazy or someone. We're talking about people who just don't get a chance, who are, and, and you you know, how far can you push people, man? People snap, you know? It, it's unfortunate, right. but, but it does happen. So I think you got to be aware of that. you got to be aware of it because, because if somebody's, I think if somebody feels they're doing it right, okay, they're playing by the rules. They, they got a job. They're paying their, their bills. They're doing, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? And then suddenly that goes away. And then they're like, man, fuck, I did it by the rules and I got fucked. Now I'm mad. That, I think you got to worry about that. Which is why we have motorcycles. Which is why, so if everybody gets a fucking motorcycle, (laughs) we would avoid all these problems. Did you guys hear that? (laughs) 
Um, I'm going to make one more point because it crossed my mind, you know, talking about this topic. And then I, I want to talk about your, your favorite ride. And I know we don't have that much time, but, um, but it was interesting. I was with my girl driving down Ventura and, and you look at all the restaurants, everybody's outside, right? And, and everybody's mm-hmm. outside, everybody's outside. You're driving this sushi place, that sushi place. Ventura is the capital of sushi. And, and, and she goes, look how they have us sitting outside. And, and because she said in that tone, I started thinking, well, why do they have us sitting outside? Are they trying to track us and verify us by satellite and cell phone and this, that, that? Anyways, made a ride on Laurel Canyon, and now I see all the tents under the bridge. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. How crazy is that? Because now, like what you were saying, the has and the has-nots. The has-nots now just look across and see these guys eating outside. What's stopping you know, this guy, if he's starving or hungry, attacking those people? You know, like, like we're all outside now before we were safe indoors. Now, if you want to do anything, we're outside and it's, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel like it's getting very, very risky. Listen, the the homeless problem is, is a huge problem and and it's bigger. It's a bigger problem in LA because home, because housing costs so much. It costs so much to, to live. You know, me and a friend were talking, her daughter is in her mid twenties. And, and I met her when she was in her mid I said, you know, the difference is back then we could pay our rent with our paycheck. Right. Nowadays, you get a starter job. You can't pay the rent. You literally cannot pay the rent with a paycheck. I'm not worried about homeless people attacking people on patios because, again, most people aren't like that. There's a yeah. few with mental problems out there that might do it. But for the most part, they're not. And, and if you were inside the restaurant and they were going to attack, they still would. You know what I mean? Um, see, that's the kind of thing. Like, I think we're sitting outside because we're dealing with an airborne virus. So by being outside, we're not all breathing the same air. We would be breathing indoors. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't believe, I don't buy into the conspiracy. You know, I just, neither, neither do I, because you, you know why we're not I, organized enough to run a conspiracy. Right. <laughs> and, and a <laughs> worldwide know? one to top it off. Right. No, yeah, I, we're, we're not that. We're not that smart. And, and the enough. government's not that good at, at, no, <laughs> at organizing something. If they were that good, we wouldn't have all these other problems. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read up. I read up. Um, uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please. No, you were saying you read something. I, 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 read, a, I read a post, and it was, a, it was something along the lines that wearing a mask into a restaurant and then being seated and taking off the mask is like going into the pool and then just walking to another section and just peeing. Yeah, but it's really not. No. It's really not because, no, because the mask, see, I think one of the things, and again, unfortunately, we listen to politicians rather than scientists. Right. Because every, all the doctors and scientists are like, the mask isn't to protect me from you. It's to protect you. It's like to keep me from breathing. It's like covering your mouth when you sneeze. Yeah. It's courtesy. 100%. It's not perfect. It's not perfect, but it does limit the amount you exhale right on. now if you're sitting at a table if i'm sitting across from you pretty much we're only breathing on each other yeah which isn't the greatest but it's a lot different than walking through with no no one wearing a mask and everyone breathing on everybody on everybody's stuff and that's all it is it's right. that you know it's that simple it's, it's precaution not anything it's prevention and precaution thing. it's like it's, it's like wearing a helmet anything. or not wearing a helmet see i brought it back to motorcycles <laughs> yeah, it, and it's not it's not anything bigger than that. You know, right. my, I, I laughed at one. Some guy posted he was sitting on a plane on Delta, and this guy was like a special forces guy. Like he was, you know, and he's like, I'm not a pussy. I'm not wearing a mask. Well, yeah. first of all, Delta banned him for life from the airline. Is that the one that they turned that, the plane back? No, no. This one they got him before they took off. Yeah. And the other thing was, I think it was Alyssa Milano, the actress, she posted, oh, and by the way, a pussy's pretty tough. It can push out a human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's the strongest thing in the world. Well, not in the world, but it's so, pretty tough. Know, I'm, I'm not a pussy. No, you're not. A pussy can handle this. You know, yeah. and, but, but my thing is, like, are you that insecure that, like, you're a special forces or a SEAL or whatever. Like, you're, you're legitimately a badass. Are you that insecure in your manhood that you don't wear a mask yeah it's pretty childish <laughs> no to me like i'm like look i have a hulk mask i okay? saw it love you it can't be, can't be manlier than that 
Yeah. I got a Hulk mask. A black guy, <laughs> 6'4", getting off his bike with a Hulk mask. That's totally normal. That's right. <laughs> there, there is a report that also came out, or a study, sorry, a study that said um, uh, people that are not wearing, the, there's people that wear their mask seem to be more intelligent than non-people that don't wear masks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just Because you survey. listen to the science. Right. You listen to the science rather than the mob conspiracy theory. I love some of the conspiracies, you know. Don't take the vaccine because Bill Gates is putting in some electronic thing to track everyone. And it's like, <laughs> you know what? I mean, when you simplify you're, you're, like that, it's pretty funny. You're, yeah, and here, you're really not that important. Yeah. You know, everyone who thinks the government is out to get them, it's like, you know what? You're really not that important. They're not really interested in you. You got nothing. You have no state secrets. You haven't invented anything. Nah, they're not following they, 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 Yeah, they don't, they, they don't care about the average Joe. And, and pretty yeah, much, there's yeah. a lot of average Joes. And if you live a pretty straight life, you have nothing to worry about. Have, yeah, you, I ha, have you seen the ID2020.org? Yeah. They, yeah. They, it, it's, I mean. Listen, if they, want, if they want to track you, they already are. You know oh. why? Because we all have phones. Yep. Right. Every one of us has a phone. And they know where you are. And our motorcycles, every, any, our motorcycles have GPSs. Our cars have GPSs. Yep. Everything's trackable. They know every penny you spend, you know, through your credit card, through your debit card. It's a, and you know what? Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. You're not that important. You're not changing the economy by, by spending $800 at Best Buy. Nobody's like, whoa, he, <sighs> his spending is unusual. Nah. He's at the nah. casino. Um, yeah. And then just to, <laughs> just to end it real quick on uh, on motorcycles again, because that was the whole point of this conversation. But I'm I'm happy to get you know feedback and mm -hmm. listen to that. What's your favorite ride, or what's been your your best experience or adventure that you've had? That you'll oh, without ride? a doubt, the the greatest ride I ever did was across country. I rode L.A. to New York to uh, Americade, a big touring rally. It is one of those things that um, you know you put it on your bucket list, you do it. It exceeded my expectations. I, I absolutely loved it. It was amazing to ride across the country, see the different uh, geography, the climate, the, you know, the fact that there's nothing but corn. Like once you come down the hills from Colorado and hit Kansas, there's nothing but corn until you get to Ohio. I don't know what we're wow. doing with all that corn, Robert. There's three <laughs> days of fucking corn. Yeah. Okay? But no, seeing things like that... Um, that was an amazing ride. And the other thing is we are, and I've, I've ridden in different parts of the country. I've done the, the tail of the dragon and the Southeast United States is just beautiful riding up in, you know, North Carolina, Tennessee. I've ridden, um, Western New York and into Vermont and stuff like that. We are so spoiled here in Southern California. We have the most beautiful roads, the most beautiful riding weather that you can imagine. And, and it's fun. Like you've heard the tale of the dragon. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever ridden it. Never, but I've heard of it, seen it, pictures, videos. It's a great road. It's a fun road. You know what? We got Latigo. Yeah. So when I rode the tale of the dragon, I was like, all right, it's nice, but I got to admit, I'm not that impressed. Because when you ride Latigo Canyon down to Malibu and you, you see the ocean from the top and you end at the ocean at the bottom, that's pretty impressive, especially to be 20 minutes from L.A. Right. <laughs> right. You know, but 30 minutes from my house, I'm, I'm on Mulholland Highway going forever. And then forget about when you get up, you know, between Monterey and San Francisco and all those roads the PCH, up there. That are, yeah. You know, or just take the PCH you know, so, all so, the way up. We're so spoiled. There's so many beautiful rides here in Southern California and Central California that, um, yeah, I just, I love it, man. I love the fact that that's my backyard. I love the fact that, you know, all those Malibu canyons, you know, Stunt, Payuma, Mulholland Highway, Latigo, all of that is, that's our backyard. Uh, we, you know, we have Angeles Crest and, and all of that. So, um, and, and the other rides I love, late at night to even into early morning riding through the city when the city's asleep. Yeah. Riding. What the time? City when it's, um, after midnight, sometimes after midnight. like two, three in the morning, whatever. Yeah. When the city's asleep, riding the city streets is fun. It's just interesting to see. 
Did you uh, have you tried the uh, Clearwaters? No, where's that? Oh, I'll send you a picture. Clearwaters is a company. They make LED lights for the GS. They make it for other. Oh, bikes. oh, the lights. Oh, I thought yeah. you were talking about road. No, I have. Yeah, I have Clearwaters on my GS. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. yeah. Night riding like with day, Clearwaters, like daytime, like daytime. They're cannons. And the other great thing about them is they see you. So when you're splitting lanes or whatever, like they can't I'm kill far. you. Yeah. I put the yellow lenses on my, I did the axle mount clear waters and I put the yellow lenses on them Yeah, and they see me. Yeah. They see me. That's the best riding at <laughs> night. You know, Malibu <laughs> canyons, downtown, any, yeah. anything. That's why I was asking what time and what kind of lights you're running. Alonzo, I, I appreciate your time. We're over an hour, uh, went over what, you know, we were talk, talking about, but I appreciate everything. I appreciate your feedback. I, I do want to catch up with you later down the road and talk some more. Yeah, we'll see you out there. Um, it's fun, fun to talk to you. Um, and yeah, we'll see each other out on the road. The world's going to open back up. You know, I'm doing a drive-in show this weekend in Escondido. Escondido? Uh, yeah, down towards San Diego. Yeah, so yeah. That's another first doing the drive-in. But, but yeah, we're out there, man. Ride safe. It was fun virtually. Absolutely. Talking. Absolutely. We get to do it live. What's your handle again? So everybody knows, my listeners know. Okay, on Instagram is ZoFunny, Z-O-F-U-N-N-Y, and everything else is at Alonzo Bowden, my name. Just look up Comic Alonzo. You can't miss me. Awesome. I got a <laughs> lot of friends that are excited for this podcast. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, man. Sorry we got into all the politics and didn't stick no. the bike. <laughs> next, one, next one, no reality, only motorcycle. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Alonzo. You take care, brother. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you to all the followers, subscribers. Uh, make sure you go onto the Instagram and follow at Ride Boundless uh, for photo content and images and next shows coming up. Uh, let your friends know about the podcast if you love it. If you don't, send me a message and tell me what you want me to change. If you have a guest that you want to hear or is a big motorcycle enthusiast, send them my way. Uh, we can be reached on the website or via Instagram. It's the easiest way. Once again, I want to thank everybody. Ride safe. Ride hard, ride boundless.